Welcome back, everybody. This is the end of the bench. I'm almost done with my water bottle. Welcome back, Leonard Green. Let's uh, continue our conversation. And you were talking about, uh, I was mentioning Native Americans are a ethnicity group that have been um, trampled by by America in in history. Go ahead and finish your thought. Acknowledged that fact that we, as a country, basically wiped out the Native American Indians, and we as a country, every November, celebrate that. Well, as an adult, I personally don't celebrate that day. I realize what has taken place, and I realize these people are still being persecuted through certain deals, reservations where they've been put with the, uh, with the deal. Um, uh, they got the, the new Canadian, uh, wow. Well, they are, their native lands are still being taken from them and used for government, government, whatever. And it's not right. And for that reason, Tony, that's why I asked you, like, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, because if you do, you're basically just turning the other way on a genocide of people. I think when you when when you're celebrating a uh, holiday or whatever, you know, you, you can celebrate that holiday in remembrance of wh- however you you know y- you personally choose some people celebrate christmas some people celebrate kwanzaa some people celebrate uh y- you know other religious holidays during that time of year um thanksgiving for many people is not is has been commercialized so they, you know they're just spending time with with family and friends um and not even thinking about um or acknowledging you know, uh, the genocide of the of the Native Americans. So, the the yeah. So, so, I but, do. but, but, but I, what I'm, and that's, that's a personal preference. That is, that is, uh, you know, how you choose to acknowledge that day or not acknowledge that day. Like for my family, we don't, we don't, we don't celebrate, uh, Halloween. It's, uh, we believe it's, it's an evil, uh, it's demonic day. Yeah. We don't celebrate it. And we we stay inside. We you know we're we're spending time together. We're reading the Bible. We're doing things that are separating us from um, from that event, right? So every family does something different. We do it. We do it as well. It's pagan. I agree. You shouldn't celebrate it. But getting to your Bible, did you read any quotes in there about the enslavement of us? Do you know that Christians use that Bible to justify enslaving us? So, so if we want to get into a religious, you know, debate, we we have to set the foundation of what the Bible is, and the Bible is a now living. Bible and, I just wanted you to living in unfallible truth of God. Slavery quote written by man, inspired by God. So there you go. So yeah, so you know, I I believe one hundred percent in the Bible. I read it, written by man, inspired by God. 
Absolutely. That's, that's what that's what the Bible is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we believe that Jesus Christ was is our Lord and Savior. He came to earth as the Son of God, died for our sins, you know, and rose from the dead on the third day to replace us uh, uh, as that lamb. Um, so that's what we teach our children, and we believe uh, one day we will see the face of God. Um, Can I ask you this, Tony? In America, do you think that it's a level playing field for all of us? It is not a level playing field. But the problem okay. is you've got – it's, it's, it's a democratic republic, so there's always going to be a um, – a segment of society that does that does not want to, for whatever reason, take advantage of the opportunities. There are some that don't have the opportunities like others do. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the way the society is. The only other option is you, you become a socialist society where everybody's kind of getting the same thing. And then you have a, um, a degradation of, of motivation you have a lack of incitement to create additional technology or to create to be more modern. I mean, nothing is perfect outside of heaven, and and I agree with that. But I'm going to teach my children. I'm going to teach my descendants to continue to be a part of society. If you want to change something, you don't tear it down. You become a part of it and you change it from the inside, which is one of the reasons why I've continued to to be involved in politics, why I ran for office several times, why I was on the governor's uh, um, appointed by the governor to run a state agency, because I believe in being a part of the process changing it from the inside, seeing how it works, and then being able to use that knowledge to be able to be an effective change agent from the inside rather than throwing bricks from the outside, trying to tear the whole thing down and destroy it for everybody. Mm. Hey, I like your approach. I really do. I just, I've seen from the inside, I've seen Barack Obama, a lawyer, get more flack from America over a tan suit than anybody in the history of the world, okay? A lawyer. His wife's a lawyer. Then I turn around and I see Donald Trump and his Russian mail-order bride treated like royalty in this country. Every Yoko and their mother loves that man. That's that. You're just, you're looking at the, you're looking at the, a same, the same poll from the different side of the, uh, uh, from the different side, because there is half of America that didn't like Donald Trump that in the, in the public media, that was all over him. Right. And you had, uh, yes, Barack Obama, people were all over him, but that's part of that's politics. That is part of the job. You're, you know, you are the, the leader of the free world. So yeah. People are going to be on you for you know petty stuff, which isn't you know necessarily right. But there's that's well, nothing to to complain about, and that's nothing to be you know to to nitpick about. It's it's what are you going to do when you have the opportunity, irregardless yeah. of of the flack, irregardless of the naysayers, because there's always going to be some. And 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 you you wrote something on your Facebook page not too long ago about uh, where was it, man? Let me, let me pull it up. What did I say? The greatest. Pre- okay. This is what you. This is what you wrote. This is August twenty first, two 
38, 33 a.m. Thoughts of the day from Leonard Green. <laughs> quote, not quote. The greatest prison people live in is the fear of what other people think. Yeah. Layla Ali. And you're absolutely Nailed right. It. You are absolutely Nailed right. Nailed it, right? She nailed it. <laughs> you, you shouldn't worry about it. If you are convicted about doing something, if you believe in something, then go do it. Don't worry about everybody right else. If you believe in it, then you go do it. And if, if you want to evangelize your idea, this is a beautiful country because you can do it. Go to another country, get your head chopped off, get thrown into a gulag. Or a prison, or workers camp. There's very few countries that you can do this. I know that's what that's what amazes me, Tony. Like I can't imagine being somewhere and not being able to say whatever I want to say, or do whatever I want to say. I mean, it's just it's so hard for me to wrap around this. Everybody doesn't have freedom of choice, freedom of uh, to say what they feel in public to that, I guess. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that certain Muslim countries, they restrict you from wearing certain things in, in, in Asia. They restrict the internet, I think, in China, and most people. But, I mean, America, systemically, I think it's a really easy fix. I think if we, as a country, just acknowledge our wrongs and do what we can to right those wrongs, then it will inspire people to do better. I just don't see it happening. People... I think now we're at a point where, you know, America is just going to be America. Systemically and systematically, always going to be this way until the day ends. Um, and then there's people that have hope, like me, you, ambitious, put our best foot forward, want to work within, build. But if you look at the landscape, Tony, if you get into politics, bro, you uh, know as well as I know. <laughs> I mean, I just saw the way Barack Obama was treated as president of the United States, total class act. To a certain extent, he was a puppet. He had to be. I mean, in order to make America run the way everyone wants it to run, yeah, he had to look the other way. He had to turn the other cheek. He had to not say anything. But at the same time, he's a total class act. And I think, I, I just, I just don't, I don't know. Biden, I I just see a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I, I don't see a good man at all. I, I just see a guy that's just. He's wanted to be president all his life. He just wanted to be in the White yeah. House. That's all. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all. And he's willing to say or do anything to Stay in there, and I mean, his dream is fulfilled. Uh, basically, I don't, I don't see him doing anything for us as a people. I, I, I know that he was saying stuff on the campaign trail, like if you're you're not black, if you don't vote for me, which is ludicrous. 
But at the same time, I mean, I think we just have to come together as a people and and just re-educate ourselves on who we are and what our goals are, and we'll be a lot better off. But I just think the system has us so divided that that's an impossibility. Like the, the poverty line, the class, where you, you, you got guys coming out of the ghetto and then, like us, and then going NFL and making a ton of money and then turning their backs on all their friends they grew up with. I mean, it happens it's, it's all over the place. I mean, I can't tell you, like, there's guys at Mount Sachs that I played ball with that had I made all the money in the world and I was everywhere, taking, doing this, signing that. I mean, there was nothing that I wouldn't do for these guys. But that didn't happen. I take care of myself. But at the same time, I lost some guys. I lost some friends that I thought that I would never lose. I mean, some guys that got a taste of that life and they just don't even, they can't even relate to people on, a, on not in the same class level. And they didn't come from that. You, you get what I'm saying? Well, no, I get that. But I think, you know, m- money makes people more of what who you really yeah. are. And, uh, yeah. and so it, it's not, you know, you shouldn't be disappointed in somebody that is uh, that's being revealed to you, right? So you know somebody you know comes across a lot of money and they turn into somebody who you didn't think they were. They were that person. They just didn't have any money. That's all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like people showing their true colors. Where you, I don't know. They, yeah, like you said, money has an effect on people. Where yeah, you'll get a real person or you'll get a, a, an imitation copy maybe of a real person and I I don't know I do well for myself I'm sure you do well for yourself I don't think you let money change the person who you are I, I sure as hell hasn't, haven't let it change me but for other people it has and I mean that's, I think that's the main problem in, in our community where we, we just like been so divided by class and I well, don't know I, if there's I, I, any I think there there's something to be said for um you know the once African Americans become successful that they they reach back into our own communities and somehow affect one other person. You're right. So you're looking back you're you're whether it's your time or your treasure, uh, being a part of the of the community in order to raise it up, um, you know, yeah, you, you, you have some other you have some other ethnicities that are really about uh, creating a, a a cycle within their community. You think about the the, like, the Vietnamese community, the Filipino community, the uh, the Asian community. They all pick themselves up. Um, and you know, one one of I go back to one of the things is we have in in our um, uh, communities we have a breakdown of the family. A breakdown of the family unit will break down everything else in society. So now you have kids that are being you know brought up uh, dreaming and doing things that um, would be taught otherwise if they had a family intact. 
mm-hmm. um, so that, that that's one of the main problems. You are correct about the you know government is has to some extent been a part of this problem. Um, yeah, but I will continue to say that to fix the problem, you have to be in the problem, the problem maker, so to speak. So you've got to be involved in your student, um, uh, you know, your local school board. You've got to be involved in your in your teachers, in your kids classes. You got to be involved in the in the city government. You got to be able to be involved in state government, in, in federal government locally as well. That's where you make the difference. Um, I will say that I've seen, and I'll you know I'll, I'll go off on a, a a little bit of a rant, but the 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 majority of the cities that are having problems in this country have been run by Democrats for decades. They're they're so they're Republicans are better. I'm saying the Democratic policies that are have not produced the results that the minority community has asked for for decades. Oh, yeah. So the, the definition that. of insanity is continue to like do the same thing and expect a different result. But it's not like Republicans, it's not like Republicans are turning around and going to give us that. All right? They're even worse. Republicans to me right now are all about technology. They're not about we the people or any kind of social programs or well, let, let's let's get into the, let's get into the in some of the weeds. You know, when when we talked earlier about, uh, you know, you talked about a, a low tax base for property, right? So you have yeah. it's cyclical in the fact that the school systems have less to provide for the kids in in those communities. So, right. if you think about, it, so well, let's let's talk about um, open enrollment for for those school systems. Let's talk about school choice and providing private education and uh, providing vouchers for kids to get out of those schools and go to another school where they have the opportunity to be in a different place where uh, teachers are actually teaching rather than just showing up and doing what they got to do. But you have in the in those cities, they the teachers unions are extremely powerful. Extremely powerful, so they will they will shoot down any type of legislation that comes across that promotes school choice, that has charter schools, that has private schools, that allows for vouchers for kids to take to, out of that public school into a different uh, school that goes with them. Those those dollars go with them. You'll you, teachers unions across the country fight that tooth and nail. Tooth and nail. Hey, boo. War. Can we talk about work, uh, T-Bay? He's a hero. He's a hero. See, what we need to do, what the wealthy in the black community need to do is take a page from Warwick Dunn. Why doesn't Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey's not married, she doesn't have any kids, she has billions of dollars. Work done does not have billions of dollars, yet he's provided 50 families with homes. 50 families. What, poor. I mean, that's what I don't get in our community. I mean, LeBron James, he's a king because, to me, he built that school knowing he didn't have to care one bit. 
anybody that goes to this school in Ohio and graduates, you're going to you're going to school. Now that's real. That's real progress to me. That's real change. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I, obviously, I, I know, like, know WD work done very well. We <laughs> we we hung out a lot, and I I saw him uh, from his rookie year on as as a teammate and a friend, and um. Great man. I, I, I saw it. He was taking care of his younger brother and sister in his house. Uh, I go over there and there, there was his siblings. Um, and he's, he's being the, the father figure. I mean, that's, but you, you know, the circumstances that you're in, his mother being killed is, was, was tragic, yeah. but he took that and turned it around as, as far as being responsible for his, his siblings rather than, you know, taking it out in the world saying, you know, the world took my, you know, my mom and now I'm going to rage against, uh, against authority. Everybody. Right. So, so there's a difference in how he responded into how many other, uh, of our youth today respond. God sent man. I wish that Oprah Winfrey thought like him, we wouldn't have a problem in the black community anymore. If she would invest money into it, she has billions, billions. If I had half her money, half her money, I swear on everything I love, I would be doing the same thing. Work done is doing because work done gets it. You see how a lot of wealthy black people like magic Johnson traveling to Greece, like buying more Starbucks. Like, how is that helping black people? Well, he, uh, he, he, I, well I, I, I would defend him. And, and I don't know all, all of uh, Oprah's, uh, in, you know, philanthropic endeavors. But Magic Johnson has a ton of businesses in minority communities. He's brought Starbucks into minority communities. He's brought movie theaters into minority communities. Right. Would give jobs and provides uh, an an economic anchor in some of these commercial pads. So, you know, he, he, I, I got to, you got to give him credit. Movie theater, T-boo, come on. I'm not going to give him that. You know, I give that to LeBron. LeBron's going to put him in school and then they can become a doctor, a lawyer, giving him a job at Starbucks. So, but, but next, so, but so, so now, now you're determining, you're determining how they're going to contribute back rather than just have them contribute back in some way. Right. So every person that's successful in 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 rises out of the circumstance should be reaching back in some way. They shouldn't all be reaching back in the same way. They should be reaching back in some way to affect that community. Now, whether it's you know providing businesses and jobs in that community or whether it's building a school like LeBron and in providing yeah. education. Or whether That's it's uh, like Work Done, who provides homes for for homes. families, you know, everybody's need. different. So that's the beauty of it, right? So we need to be teaching uh, our successful uh, minority men, black men, on how on on to reach back, and then let them decide how what's the best way for them to do it, and giving them freedom. So this this is you know you're, you're I think you're. You're missing the fact that they are doing something. They're just not doing what you want them to do. True. I mean, I think the way the black community can get out of our situation is by giving back. When one of us makes it, we all make it. 
You know, I mean, if I had half of Bill Cosby money, I would be building schools in inner cities, community centers where kids could go study, uh, have internet access, all all the internet access they could ever use, read any book they could ever want. Well, you and know? I think we're, I mean, we, you know, we're we're kind of brushing thing, over dude. all the things that we think they should be doing when we don't know what they're doing on the back end. Sometimes people don't want to be um, uh, want to be recognized for what they do because they know, you know, then everything comes out of the out of the uh, you know out of the woodwork. You know, everybody's asked for something um, rather than being strategic about how you want to contribute back. I would like one Oprah Winfrey school in Chicago where she made all that money, you know, for poor kids, school of the arts, school of journalism for poor kids, something, something to that. Well, I mean, I, I, I know, I know she has schools. I know she has, is she in Africa? She has the school in South Africa. She had, yes, girls. absolutely. She has schools in South Africa and whether one or multiple, I'm not sure, but um, she's, She's reaching out there as well because her reach is not just the United States. Obviously, yeah, she did build yeah. her, well, her riches here, but she has a global her. reach and a global uh, image. Man, she could she could become immortal instead of interviewing the royals and exploiting them. She could be or take that money and put it back in poor schools and knowing. She knows what we know. She knows that property taxes pretty much fund schools all over America. She knows this. I, I, you know what, Tony? Much as I would like to talk about saving the world and politics, I can't. I can't because if I was given the keys, I could fix it. I know I could fix it. Okay, so I, I, so so let's go years. there. Let's go there. What 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 have you done with what you've been given? In, in, into well, I have been given very little. Okay, and what I've been given, I try to give advice. I've tried to help kids not make the same mistakes that I made. I, the homeless people out here, any leftovers I have, I give them to them. Change. Any money that I can. I try to help all people, okay? It does not matter who you are. If you are struggling in this life, I try to help you. Okay, but so 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 you time, have so you're, you're fighting, using I'm your a losing battle. So you're using your um you know what what you've been been given. I mean you say it's little. It's so opinion. it is if you think it's little, it's little. Whatever. I mean it could be it's a lot more than a lot of other people. So but you're using yours to affect your small uh, sphere of influence, wherever wherever that is, right? And I'll, I'm doing That's the same it. thing. That's it. I mean, we, I think, as the people, <laughs> if we come together, which I don't think is possible. I mean, if you think it's possible, tell me the scenario in which it is when I just, you know, I hear celebrities like Samuel Jackson telling other poor black people to pull themselves up out of a situation that wasn't their own fault. You know, I mean, it's on. I mean, it's like we only hire Samuel L. Jackson to do movies. I mean, 
there's only X amount of us that are allowed to do movies. He doesn't even see that. You know, he doesn't see that there's only X amount of us allowed to be head coaches, like the Chargers head coach right now. Guy's 38. First coaching job on head coaching job on any level. What about Eric Bieniemy, bro? What about Eric Bieniemy? This is this, this is something that I don't want to deal with. My life is so great. I love what I do personally, but the world around me, like we agreed, is messed up. And for Eric Bieniemy not to have a head coaching job after coaching the best offense three years now in football and being the player that he is, come on, man. Come on, T-Boo. Come on, man. Uh, it, it, Digs it, up. Right? So just because he doesn't have it today Digs doesn't mean up. he'll have it tomorrow, right? So, but, uh, I mean, it, look it, at the guy. Look at the guy at the chart. Look at the Chargers head coach. 38, went to Eastern Michigan. Nobody's ever heard of this dude before. Eric Enemy made his name on the football field. Okay, so everybody knows who Eric Enemy is, bro. Okay, so 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 what? So what's your a, point? What's your what's your point? He can't what? get a head coaching job in the NFL. He can't get a head Why? coaching job this year. Why? So what about Why? next year? What you know? He tried so, last. He tried the year before. He okay. tried the year before when he coached the when he went. To so the, so is he going to die tomorrow and never get a chance? T-Boo, man, I don't know. Maybe he won't. What about Kareem? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wants to coach in the NBA. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored more points than anybody in NBA history. Just, because, just because you score a lot doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. I didn't say that. Why doesn't he at least have a chance to fail? I see all these other forms. I don't know. I don't, I, know I don't, know, I don't know the team, so I couldn't tell you. There you go, man. There you go. It goes back to ownership. All right. We, there's no reason for us to play basketball for anybody but us. We can't even unite and own our own basketball league. Like, I love Ice Cube's big three league. I mean, he has the vision. We're well on our way. I mean, once other people get that. Okay. Big three, please do me a favor. Whenever big three's on, just put it on your TV. Please give Cube rating. Okay, he deserves yeah. it. We'll, we'll do that, right? So, but but the you know you're you're talking about trying to save uh, generational, multi generational issues with the stroke of a pen and one check or one coach trying to get a job, right? I mean, it's you know you, you don't you don't turn around a, a, a aircraft carrier on a dime. Right, it takes a little well, bit of time. Every, everybody's got to got to row the boat just a little bit, a, a little bit th- themselves to turn the boat okay, around. T-Boo. So it's not going to happen overnight. Okay, nobody. So don't get frustrated. Nobody, no, nobody is better than black people in basketball in the world. Nobody. Okay. So having said that, why can't we own our own league? The floor is yours. Why don't we unite? Why doesn't Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan buy our own league? Why can't we have our own league? Oh, maybe we need to have there, our own there, there aren't there aren't enough uh, blacks that have that uh, that are that have the uh, level of risk averseness to pony up and do it. One person can't do it. It's going to take multiple. We people. are the talent. 
in the NBA. We are the talent. Okay. So if you just take the guys and bring them to Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan's league, we have the NBA. Just yeah, so it's a little easier said than done. But I, 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 I get you. Know. I get your point. But um, yeah, like I said, it's you know the the situations of of ownership are not going to be solved in the matter of of, uh, of of a few weeks, you know, or, or even even overnight, or even, even one generation. It's going to take time. It's going to take uh, you know several people that that are going to lead the way. And whoever that is, whoever that is, but I, I don't give Would up hope agree? that it will it won't happen. I I have hope that uh, that once we can can teach our kids to to act different, to think different, to dream bigger, uh, and not just go along the the traditional cultural path, uh, start being a part of the system. And take it over from the inside, rather than, like I said, try and tear it down from the outside. That's when you'll see a, a, a major advancement in, uh, you know, a curve, a hockey stick curve, uh, in okay. in the the, you, the successful. Um, would you agree? Futures of black that kids we would be a lot better off if we own the NBA from top to bottom. You know, I, I, I'm every owner in the NBA was black. Every GM, every every VP, every I, yeah. I, I don't know. It may be worse. I have no idea. It could be worse. Bro. Yeah, it could be worse. If we we as the people own the NBA, yeah, Lord knows with with uh, you know with what our uh, culture is like. I don't know if it'd be if it'd be better or worse. I couldn't tell you. It's so profitable though. The NBA. I would, I'm not saying it wouldn't so be profitable, profit. but it, it, who knows? Who knows? It's global. I'm just saying it's global. I mean, everybody plays it all over the world. Everybody loves the NBA all over the world. I mean, billions of kids buying the shoes in the LeBron James' shoes in China. I mean, Australia. You name it. I mean, the game is global. So yeah, it is. It's, it's global. Own, I agree. We own but that, that sport. You know. NFL, I don't think they'll ever – they can net – I mean, even though we're 75% of the labor in that league, they never let us own that league. But the NBA, we should – I honestly think we as the people to go forward, that's the only thing that we could honestly – we could boycott the NBA and run our own league and eventually economically get out of this situation as a people if we ran that league from top to bottom. But, yeah, blacks, black, but come on, Leonard. Blacks running the NBA is not solving generational issues in the inner city. That's just not. That, that, that'll just provide nice entertainment and everybody's running around and be black. That's all. That's not solving well, any any generational issues. That's that's not solving, um, you know, literacy rates in the inner city. That's not solving, you know, poor math uh, scores in the inner city. That's not true. that's not giving more more blacks uh, uh, or minorities jobs in the inner city. That's not doing it. It could. Oh no no, that's where you're wrong. It could because we could start working every job in that league from top to bottom. 
Okay, so you, you got go. 32 teams. You know, you, you got 32 you teams, so you got 100, 100 employees per team. 32,000 people. Okay, so now what? You got another, okay. you know, then, you, know okay, you got another. We got a commitment 80 million. from owners to reinvest money back into the inner city. You have it. Ma- would, Mac Johnson's doing that, but you were you mad know, earlier. I think it was a lot easier to do with African American owners than it would be Caucasian owners. What do you say? I I, I don't know if it would be easier, but you have minorities that are doing it now. You just need more of them. You you need you, exactly. and it's not just throwing now, money. It's not just throwing money in the system. It's not just building it, a, a building and opening you know cash drawer in an inner city. You got to get into the agreed. education system. It it is. Now, you are not going to change the trajectory of minorities in America until you change the education. You're going to have generation after generation after generation that are uneducated, that are at the bottom of the of socioeconomic uh, system, that are washing dishes and washing cars and singing on the street or doing that, whatever, the, you know, uh, the most uneducated people in America do. You've got to change this I mean, education system. That's how you change agreed. it. And then you got to find a system that encourages the family, that encourages a nuclear family. Break people off the cycle of, of, of being on welfare and food stamps. You know, uh, provide uh, some type of outlet for people to get help when they're struggling mentally or they're on drugs. Or whatever it well, is, the government they've got that. to do that, and, and there are programs that are out there that are that that uh, that some politicians are pushing. Whether it's it's effective or whether it's um, it's uh, it's being implemented in certain areas is 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 still to be um, you know still to be determined. But but that's the crux of the problem. You you've got but to have it, all the underpinnings of society that where you have uh, the those underserved communities, you got to find ways to uh, get get teachers in there. So you're giving them breaks on their loans. They do that. You you serve so many years uh, teaching in the inner city. They'll forgive uh, student loans. You've uh, you, you know you provide vouchers and you provide uh, private education. You provide charter schools. You provide choice for the parents that want to. Uh, get their kids out but can't because they don't have that opportunity. Maybe they can't move okay. because of where they're moving to out of that com- uh, community they can't afford. So then you you work okay. on the next generation and that's providing the education okay. for the kids that they have. And I want to tell you a plan and a plan would be for us to own the NBA and all the NBA owners, African American owners, commit to investing in education in the inner cities, and over a decade of that happening, you will see our kill. But the okay. question is, well, why do you keep going back to athletics? Why is athletics? Why, why can't why can't we own a, an engineering firm? Why can't we own an architecture firm? You know, I mean, it's, it's not just athletics. You're, you're looking at the lowest hanging fruit. That's that's. Oh no no. I mean, you got to think bigger I, than that. The only reason, well, the only, I agree. Well, I'll tell anybody that'll listen, Tony, we need more doctors, 
lawyers, engineers. I mean, we were the first, black people were the first to perform open heart surgery in this country. I know that we can the best doctors the world has ever seen if we had a focus to be in. And I tell anybody that'll listen, if I had a kid, that's what I'd be trying to get my kid to do. I would not let my kid be like me and think that, okay, football or basketball or baseball is my only way out of this this ghetto. I just, I, I could not let my kid do that. So having said that, I agree. Once we establish, once the, the wealth comes in from the NBA, because we are so good at basketball, right? As a people, we're very good at it. And it's the fact that we are the best once we come together. And so for us, the NBA could be a way for us to reinvest in education, and in, in school in the inner city because the game is so popular. It makes so much money globally, and we can do it from here in the United States. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. We can travel and, 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 and like, uh, show the game off. I mean, I mean that I, would be I, great. But I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I understand, you know, it's, it's, you know, taking over uh, a – very popular and visible uh, professional sports league would be uh, eye-opening uh, for the rest of society. I get that. Um, uh, and, 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 and so, you know, you're talking about um, coming together as, as, a, as a black community, which leads me to the last that topic. Way. Leads me to the last topic we're talking about tonight. So for those, you know, let, let me tee it up. Uh, with, for the listener and, and kind of talk about uh, this last segment and the fact that as a black community, we've got to be uh, unified and not necessarily not uh, critical of each other because there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being honest with each other. But there is a level of civility that we should all have with each other. So that goes back to a, a, a private message that you sent me. And this is about uh, on Sunday, I believe, Saturday. And we, you know, we, we, we go back and forth on private messaging and Facebook. And we, like people can tell, we're on the opposite sides of the aisle as far as politically, which is perfectly fine. Um, if for people that, uh, have the opportunity to see my Facebook page whenever, when I don't post too often politically, but every now and then I do, you'll see people on both sides of the aisle that comment on my page because I'm, I, I, I'm friends with everyone. I have friends in, on Republicans. I have a lot of friends with Democrats, independents, um, and so you'll see people have discussions. Sometimes it's a little harsh, and I try to rein people in. Um, but you'll see both sides. And you sit, you every now and then you'll send me something, a video or something. And I honestly do. I I I I, I listen to them. I don't agree with them, but I'm never afraid of listening to somebody else's opinion or point of view. Uh, it got to the point where. You, I, I, 
I mean, I said, well, I just don't agree. I was like, and this is going back to a, a, uh, a private message discussion. And you sent me a video on occupied Democrats and something about Trump, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you'll tag me in the video and say, Hey, give me your comments. I ain't no problem with that. But in this one, I said, Hey, you know, you can stop tagging me and just message me the video. Right. Rather than, you know, have me in the feed of a video that's somewhere out on the internet. And then, and then this is late at night. It's about 9.37 p.m. on Saturday. And you said, okay, I'm done. I'm quoting here. You say, you're so effing dumb, I can't help myself. Dumb Arizona breed piece of trash, 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 obviously emojis. Angry and a peace <laughs> sign. And after that, you said, in all caps, you're the worst black man on earth, you dumb backward son of a bee. Die, explanation point. You deserve to idiot mother effer. You make me want to die, you piece of S-H-I-T. Total effing white made bread garbage. All caps, white man want to be piece of crap. Now, I, you know, I was like, this is overboard. I was thinking, hey, maybe he's drunk. You know, I was I giving was. the benefit of the doubt. It was late at night on a Saturday. I was. And I was, I honestly, I was thinking about Fox News and you sitting there watching and listening to Sean Hannity and God, Tucker Carlson. God, I can't stand those people. I just cannot stand those human beings. And you just came off to me as those dudes. And I admit that I was drunk, and I want to apologize to you for saying those things. I am a grown man, and I can, I'm responsible for my words, and I can be responsible enough and admit when I'm wrong and, and apologize. But at the same time, the anger was coming from a place that I just felt you Fox News, where I honestly, Tony, did not think that you read a book or you did <laughs> any history on America and what America has put us through. For you to be saying some of the things that are coming out of your mouth, it's like you're completely blind to what America has put us, we black people, through. Okay. And what some of us continue to go through, okay? And to a certain extent, it's the fault of our own nowadays because there's so much information out there. But, again, it was illegal, illegal for us to read and write in this country for four centuries, bruh. Four centuries. Now, that nobody else on top of Jim Crow, redlining, all this other crap, man. So I'm coming from a place when I was saying that. I was I was just enraged about 
you not acknowledging all the hell that we've been through in this country. There, there, there's, and, yeah. there's nowhere in our in our message string where where one you you asked me to acknowledge it, and I w- I would acknowledge it. And for those people that, that I'm from New Orleans, was born and raised right in the deep south. Parents yeah. born and raised in North North Louisiana, dirt poor. Right, Dave, Bo- both of them, uh, both Duke. of them, uh, use the system to go to college for with scholarships. Both of them have masters and educated themselves out of poverty. Right, I still have relatives that cousins that live back in North Louisiana in the in the woods in the same home that my great my parent my grandparents lived in my great grandparents lived in. They still live in those homes. So I've been stopped on the street for no reason in New Orleans as a black man. I've been told to get out of certain areas because I was the only black kid there. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is nothing new. But what I don't do is I don't wallow in the fact that that I've I've, I've been. You know that I'm black and and I have to I have certain struggles. I, there are certain things I've got to do to be above board because as black men in in society, black men in corporate America, you got to be above above reproach. That's just the way it is. Until until there's more of us at certain levels of society, that's just the way we got to be. But I think my ancestors. My great grandparents, my great 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 parents, grandparents that were slaves, would much rather see me be successful, much rather see me be a part of society in a productive way, trying to change it from the inside, than be walking around with my pants on my on my knees and acting in a way that isn't. Uh, that doesn't uphold the last name that they sent down to me. So I believe in uh, managing the situations that I'm in the best way I can. I can't control the things I can't control, but where I am, I'll do the best where I'm at. I'll be, I take responsibility of the things that I, that I go through. I try to do the best that I possibly can. And the fact and I kind of giggled when you said, oh, you never read a book. Well, hell, I have three advanced degrees from three different universities. So I thought that was a little funny. I have a master's from University of Arizona. I have an MBA from Arizona State University. I have a master's in science from the University of Akron. So I've read a lot of books about United States history, about business, about government, about athletics, about administration, about education, I have a master's in literary and science from the U of, from the U of A. So yeah, I, th- I thought that was a little bit funny. So how could you watch Fox News? What do you mean? How how can I watch Fox News? How could you watch Fox News? Yeah, I watch I watch a lot of channels. One, one thing I one thing I don't do is I don't take all my news from one source because if it, if anybody's at the at the, at the sound of uh, other end of this of my voice on this, on this podcast. Don't take your information from one source. You should be looking at what, you know, the opposite uh, viewpoint is. So you get people's other perspectives. Maybe they're right on something. 
Maybe they're not. But if you never listen, you'll never know. And then, where is the Dom Lemon video of him lying? I'm still waiting for you to send me that. I find you Don Lemon. Don Lemon, all he does is lie when I, he goes I, on the air. So, okay, there's the hyperbole there as far as he always lies. But I find Don Lemon to be hyperbolic in the things that he says. He is, and, and when I watch people on TV, I take it with a grain of salt because I know that they're saying the things that they're saying because they need people to watch. They say things that they say because they need, they need people to watch. They get eyes on the TV so they can get commercials, so they can get paid. So they say stuff that's dumb sometimes. They say stuff that's that's, that just that provides uh, a provocative response. Value. And so that, that's just the way talk, you know, TV is right now. It's, it's been that way, whether you're, you're talking about Sean Hannity or, or Tucker Carlson or whether you're talking about Rachel Maddow and, and Don Lemon, right? So they all do it. I just don't like the guy. I mean, I, he okay. might be a nice guy to, to, yeah, off camera, but the things he says and the propaganda that he puts out just is above, you know, it's, it's, beyond, it's, it's beyond a pale. The videos that I showed you was not propaganda by him at all. There's that's where I don't, so, I don't so, so you send me you send me two videos. You send me two videos, right? And I can you know, yeah. there's other kinds of videos about that that are that are counterintuitive. So t- I take it with a grain of salt. You can be mad all you want. But you know, the, the point the point is getting back to you're talking about, you know, we should be together in the in the society, right? We gotta come together. Mm-hmm. Well, whether you're drunk or not, uh, you you got to provide other people with the amount of respect, no matter what their opinion is, in order to get respect. I disagree with a lot of people on a lot of issues. I don't believe in abortion. I don't believe in welfare for, the, for life. I mean, there's a lot of things that people are on the other side of the aisle disagree with. But I'm certainly not going to be angry with people or throw bricks at them or try to tear them down. I'm just going to you argue my point. And we may disagree at the end, and we'll, that's the way it is. But when you start attacking people and trying to tear them down, that's the first thing that, that, uh, that the opponent wants to see. They want to see you infighting. They want to see you tearing each other down. Because you'll never rise up if you're always infighting. That was my point about what you said in that in that uh, in in that instant mess in that uh, message. That was one black man talking to another black man about how to be a black man, and in in that he's the worst of the black man, and we shouldn't be doing that. No, no. I also I send you a quote. Morality is. Doing right, no matter what you are told. Religion is doing what you are told, no matter what is right. Did you get what I meant by that? I don't have religion. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It was a quote from H.L. McKicken, 1890 to 1956. 
I just I just wanted to know if you what you took from that quote that I said. Say it again. Morality is doing right no matter what you are told. Religion is doing what you are told no matter what is right. You got to give me something specific on how on how you, you want me to respond to that. I mean, there's, well, you know, are you, are you talking I, about politics? Okay. Are you talking about the inner city? Are you talking about family? Well, we talking earlier. You you talked about the Bible and your family's focused on the Bible, and then I noticed when we were having like political conversations and. And I, you know, you told me you're familiar with the history of what we've been through, but yet you still said, you still came off to me like Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity. And then you use, you talk to me about being religious. And to me, I'm not Democrat or Republican, to be honest with you. If I'm anything, I'm just about right and wrong. There are conservative values that I love, and then there are democratic policies that I'm cool with. So in both, I have problems because the system, to me, is flawed. For what we've been through, or what other people go through socially and economically, yes. I think it's very flawed and can easily be fixed, but we have a, a people in place that will not because it's kind of rigged. So right now, my question to you is like, are you, when I, when I said the quote to you, are you, are you simply on the side of right and wrong or do you believe religion runs your life, religion is the all end be end of how you live your life, or are you simply about right and wrong? You know, it, it uh, so I think it's uh, Luke, uh, Luke, like Luke. Uh, Luke, maybe Luke Let 20 is right in there. So it says, okay. give to Caesar what is Caesar and what is God to God. So when I look at um, some of the things that you seem to be very angry about, that, you know, we've been oppressed for a number of decades or years. We have not, we weren't even able to, to read and write. They wouldn't give us books. Absolutely true. They hung us from trees. They They ran us down. They did... You know, they you looked at somebody and a uh, black man, obviously, yeah, MacGyver's, all those kinds of things. And they, they dragged him down the road, right? Yeah. You know, those things are, are if you really think about, about them, unfathomable. So you can do a I couple things with that, right? You can, you can be, to, I'm talking about today, you can be angry at the world. And look at every white person like, like you, you, you know, you got a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Which isn't going to get you very far. 
Or you can say, you know what? My situation, uh, my, my ancestors went through a whole hell of a lot. Many of them died, murdered, raped, killed. Laws um, written against them. And they went through a lot of stuff, but they, all those things got me here. What am I going to do with where I'm at now in order to make what they went through worth something? Am I going to just be angry for the rest of my life? Which is going to lead me down the wrong path because anger just eats you from the inside. Or am I going to acknowledge what happened? Look at my own circumstance, my own sphere of influence, and see how can I change what I can change where I'm at right now. That's what I do. I'm okay. not perfect by any means, believe me. But I, well, I, I acknowledge all those things, but I don't keep them inside, bottled up, and be angry about it. I look at myself when I walk into a boardroom. Now, I'm a vice president of a company. When I walk into a boardroom and I see my peers who are uh, uh, Caucasian, I'm there representing all the people, all of my ancestors, my father, my great-grandfather, my great-grandmother, the ones that were slaves in my past. They're with me in that boardroom. How am I going to act in that boardroom? How am I going to change where I'm at to help somebody else? So I do HR. When I see a minority apply, I have a discussion with them. Obviously within legal rights, obviously I don't break any laws or anything as far as HIPAA or whatever, but, um, I provide opportunity. I do the hire and I do the fire. I tell everybody I am the giver of opportunity because in order to get in that company, you got to come through me. So all the things that I've been through. Yeah, I was discriminated against. I was pulled over because I had a white girl in my car in New Orleans for no reason. I got kicked out of a party because I was the only black kid there. I got pushed when I was little. I got called nigger. But you know what? I'm here right now. I'm an overcomer. I'm not resentful. I don't forget, but I do forgive. So where I'm here at right now, I can provide an opportunity for other minorities. So, yeah, I've hired minorities in my company. Some have worked out, some haven't. So that's what I do. Okay. Well, can I go to the right and wrong thing where you see something in society that's right and you see something that's wrong? Do you... Can you look past right and wrong because of religion? And I want to I want to touch on the, the Catholic priest 
church. Yeah, you got to give me something specific. I mean, yeah, you're you're being. Yeah, I'm talking about pedophilia situation where simply the Vatican moving priests around that they know that are pedophiles and didn't lock them up. Like Penn State should have locked Jerry Sandusky up. Yeah. I just, I'm on the side of right and wrong. I get that. And I have no problem with it. I mean, yeah, you you, you have, and I'm not Catholic. So, although I went to an all-boy Catholic school. The religion that you practice is based on Catholicism. You know this, right? The religion I practice is based on Jesus Christ who came to earth and died for my sins. That's who it's based on. I don't have a religion. I'm non-denominational. I went to an all-boy oh, Catholic okay. school. I was raised Southern Baptist, but I'm non-denominational because my my it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. When you it's get not with a religion family, that's going to save me. It's Jesus that's going to save you. When you get with your family, what what's the Bible that you read out of? Uh, King, King James or the NIV, either one. Okay. Well, you know that King James slept with his mother. Yeah, he's a sinner. Wrong in that? He's a sinner. Yeah. Okay, that's very wrong. Okay. Yeah, of course. Now, I I don't know one person that's walked this earth outside of Jesus Christ who who had no sin. So yeah, oh. God can use a sinner to, to do something very very incredible. He used David. David was an adulterer. He used murderers. He used. Uh, uh, Tax uh, collector. Okay. Yeah, you you, you agree. You you, you you swim. I mean, we're all we're all in the water together. Agreed. And and I'm I'm not saying I'm not a sinner. I'm not saying that at all. But what I do in life is I I just go off of right and wrong. And what gives what, right. what's 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 your rudder on on right or wrong? What what makes something right? And what makes something everyone, wrong? Everyone, everyone in conscience knows the right thing to do, as opposed to the wrong thing to do. Everyone, I mean, and you could take any scenario out of life, and I just choose to live through my conscience, which I think has a lot to do with God. God is that that voice inside of all of us that. Okay. Many people, Indeed. many people say that's the spirit of God that lives within you, whether you acknowledge yeah. him or not, is on you. Yeah, there it is, right there. I feel like the spirit of God is in all of us. That all right, this is the right thing to do, and then you have choices. You're like, oh man, I could. Well, I want to. Uh, so give I me something specific. This, what what what's the uh, what's the crux well, of the situation between right and wrong in 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 Whatever else you're talking in about. In all walks of life, um, uh, I talk about uh, going out to a bar, hanging out, meeting a woman. Well, at one point in the night, we come together, and a conscience comes of like, oh, I'm not married to this chick. I shouldn't be fornicating with this woman. I should be getting to know this woman where you're just conflicted with all that's wrong with what you're doing. At the same time, 
you're so happy that it's happened. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, again, I try, I try not to judge anyone because I am myself full of sin. But at the same time, when it comes to children or uh, life, like serious things in life in general, where I know something is wrong, I I don't partake in it at all. I just, to me, I live my life vicariously through myself. If you could say that, I mean, I just have fun and I think of ways that I can have fun or I can enlighten myself or educate myself to make myself a better person. And, and I do not get consumed in the world and what's going on around me. I kind of try to block it out for the most part because when I do get concerned or consumed with talking about it, I end up getting angry or I end up coming into a disagreement with someone. It never works out where someone agrees with me. And I'm that, sure that sound, it's, it, it sounds thing. like you're more, you're, you know, you're not going up. You know, what you, what we were talking about earlier, the spirit that's inside of you, you're, you're talking about doing pretty much whatever please you. That's, that's hedonism. Yeah. And the spirit inside of me tells me like, okay, you shouldn't do this. Don't do this. They, they, why don't you listen and to what's inside of you? Because you, yeah, because you go. because the, the, the flesh battle. is sinful, and we all fall and, for yeah. that. And it's a constant battle, but it's a battle that I'm willing to take on, and that I'm willing to suffer for at whenever. Um, well, if, you, if you're trying to get out of if you're trying to get out of the, the realm of hedonism, you won't you won't get out by yourself. You, you will not be able to take that battle on to do it by yourself. You will. You need the spirit of God. The God, God will. The spirit of God will lead you out of the, every circumstance, and He probably already does. But you're not listening. You know, well, Tony, I have so much fun. My life. I, all I'm saying is, I have so much fun in my life, and I do my best to do the right thing at all times, especially by people, by children, and. Those that partake in the, the the degradation of humanity and, and the, the the abuse of children, I mean, it's awful. It, it, it's a it's a large part of our society. Like Boy Scouts are being abused, priests are abusing children. I mean, I, I think you know, in in order to kind of rail it back in. I think you, I think I agree with you. I mean, you're talking about, you know, does, does, should the church in particular, the Catholic church, uh, be held accountable for, for these priests that were abusing children? Absolutely. Um, yeah. What's your, you know, what's your, what's your solution? I mean, I I don't see, I don't see them. That's what I'm saying. I don't see them being held accountable for it. So that's Catholicism. I'm I'm not, I couldn't, I couldn't speak on that. Yeah, so after seeing like all these people abusing children and doing this and doing that and robbing the Wells Fargo 
uh, uh, stagecoach. I, I just like I don't know. I find myself in my own world. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say myself don't, as happy as I possibly can every day. I would say and, don't you know, don't put your don't involves, put your hope in man because you do that, you know, you'll you'll always be disappointed. You'll always be disappointed in the priest. Agreed. You'll always be disappointed in the pastor. Heck, you'll always be disappointed with the Pope if you're Catholic. There's something that, that that's a uh, human. I'm that, disappointed in family. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I get Put you. Put your hope in, in God, not not man. Man is fallible. And I do. God, I mean, T-Boo, God has made an incredible life for me. I, I cannot tell you. I am one of the happiest men on the planet. My problem is, is when, again, I try to step outside of my life and try to deal with the world and talk politics and talk relationships and talk other things is where I find myself getting in trouble. And I get angry at times if someone doesn't agree with me and I try to make everything that I say as simple as possible or they just simply don't understand after explained it over and over and over again. Now, that's no fault of their own. I mean, it's more along long, long lines of me and my own problems, but that's Outside of talking to you on this podcast, I don't really find myself opening up to anybody about really anything unless it's on social media. And I really need to give that up because all I do is find myself arguing with people. And and I don't even know some of them. And I mean, I, again, once I step outside of my life and my circle, I find myself just bumping heads, especially when talking politics or the world, which yeah. I can't save. I yeah. can't fix. Yeah, I, I would, you, you know, can't fix. I guess uh, to to take it in uh, for landing, I, uh, you know, I, I want to appreciate you getting on the podcast. I, I, I wholeheartedly accept your apology. And um, enjoy the conversation. I, I would My say, brother, I want to apologize to you one more time again. Uh, I love you from the bottom of my heart. We're packed 12 brothers. I, again, apologize. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, the, I would say is my words of wisdom is anytime you get into a conversation or disagreement, it's not to change somebody else's mind. It's just to give them your point of view. So yeah. when you walk away, you know, you don't have the, the expectation that you have changed somebody's mind. You just have the expectation that you've given your opinion and, and uh, what you see from, from your side of the fence. And if hey, that's I, th- great advice. I think if we all do that's that, all you can do. Um, I think if we all do that, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be better off for it. Oh yeah. That's all you can do, buddy. All right, man. It was a pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure having you on, Leonard. And uh, we'll have it. We'll, we'll have to do it again on on a different topic. And uh, yeah, everybody out there, 
it's the fourth quarter and uh, the whistle just blew. So it's time to roll. We'll see you next time around at the end of the bench with Tony Bowie.